At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Sunday night edition of the pod here. We're going to go a little bit different schedule this week. Get the 15 and 60 later in the week. So we wanted to finish up uh, instead our 2025 crystal ball then i will get to that but first uh, we want to update you on the playoff race through the weekend's action and also catch up on some news here let's start uh, with that news ben simmons is out and probably going to be out the rest of the season with what they're calling a nerve impingement in his back not uh not great news for the nets long term uh probably not the most unexpected thing here um and not great for maybe actually well in the eye of the beholder whether that's good for their their postseason chances they're going to make the playoffs they got a decent chance of uh getting straight into the playoffs not having to even go through the play-in tournament um i have the beholder whether ben simmons being in or out is going to make brooklyn feistier this postseason yeah well uh, this beholder thinks that they are probably better off without him the way that he played and just how hard of a piece he is to fit in and particularly given his injury issues how hard it is for him to get into rhythm unlikely even if he were cleared in the next few games that he could have really contributed but uh, of course uh, for Brooklyn this is a huge deal going forward and it's hard to believe Dan Lane they've had this crazy season just like how much of a non-story Ben Simmons has been he just he was a non-entity he was coming off the bench he had knee issues couldn't stay healthy for that and now it's this nerve and pitcher in the back and then let's not forget this is now a third back issue that he's having I mean this is as much as you might want to talk about oh he doesn't like playing basketball and hey you know what like I certainly believe that he doesn't have maybe the strongest of basketball psyches we'll kind of never really know whether that was an issue it's kind of seeming like here because he just can't be healthy yeah, I mean, you could even make the... It's so hard to separate these things, too. Uh, some players train harder than others, and it's so hard to tell who's unlucky and who's put their themselves in the best position to stay healthy, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Some, some guys I, I have mean, good breaks, some have bad breaks. It seems, I would say at this point, more likely than not that the last major basketball moment of Ben Simmons' career is going to be the pass. That's amazing. What what a fall it's been for the 2016 number one overall pick. Um, and, and I know you yeah. disagree somewhat. He was really good for a while. I was higher on him than, than you and Danny were. You know, I, I saw the flaws in his game. I, I didn't think he was great but i i also i thought you guys underrated his impact of what he was able to do despite his flaws and not that those flaws couldn't catch up to him and they obviously did uh in a lot of ways but he was really really good multi-time all-star uh he, he was really good <laughs> i don't know what else to say i mean it, it, it's a sad yeah. situation that it, that it keeps falling like this 
So from uh, a former clutch client to a current clutch client, LeBron James returned. It it was a a very interesting progression where he was upgraded to doubtful and then actually played tonight against Chicago. D'Angelo Russell did not play with right hip soreness. And LeBron, 19 points, five turnovers in 30 minutes. I haven't had a chance to watch that game yet to really assess how he looked. He came off the bench for only the second time in his career but they lost to the bulls in the patrick beverly revenge game yeah patrick beverly's got to be feeling great uh sneak preview of our 15 and 60 this week i want to take a deeper dive into the bulls i think i was probably overly dismissive of them in our last episode but i i want to i want to look more at them but uh patrick beverly has to feel feel great about that when d'angelo russell also missed the game so this was not uh he had a uh, he had right hip soreness was so not the full strength bulls or excuse me the full strength lakers that the bulls beat um but but for the lakers you know get one you lose one they uh this is this was the concern of of building their team out this way at the trade deadline uh it's even if they're all healthy in the postseason which is an if uh, it's it's a lot of time that they've lost to build chemistry they're, they're gonna have to figure this out on the fly yeah and how weird it was too for the lakers that uh <laughs> there's this whole controversy lebron of like oh i like i play it the, the report came out of his revaluation might be going up and then the report came out that he's gonna play a few games then it, it's like i speak for myself <laughs> and no it was actually what he meant was he's gonna be back even sooner than, <laughs> yeah we we all misread that one at least i did so let's move on here. What else we got? Let's jump across uh, the arena to L.A. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is expected to play Monday against the Bulls, the Red Hot Bulls. Uh, he had a facial contusion. He left Saturday's loss to the Pelicans, uh, but it seems like that's not going to be too serious. Uh, obviously, that's the the type of thing we got to keep a close eye on because with Paul George already out, Kawhi Leonard's out. Uh, the Clippers season is even more sunk. Yeah, well, I, I'm guessing the Clippers don't want to get the Pels uh, in a potential play in as they actually won two straight right after Paul George went down with amazing Kawhi performances and then he got completely shut down by Herb Jones and company it is interesting that this Pell's defense as much as they really don't have great defense at guard and don't have great rim protection they do have a lot of bodies to throw at opposing wings like Kawhi Leonard if needed in Memphis John Morant has filed the impression that surely LeBron James uh, will in a little bit he's back starting now Uh, Memphis has now won six straight uh, after their victory today on the road uh, against Atlanta Uh, starting to look a lot more formidable starting to look like uh, that two seeds more likely we'll go through that in a little more detail later on Philly I think that this is kind of interesting to me Uh, they've lost a couple straight now on the road a back-to-back to Golden State and then Phoenix as Bismack Biombo was uh, spectacular defending Joel Embiid in the second game. Uh, but the, their injury list is it's a little interesting to me right now. James Harden has missed Philadelphia's last two games uh, with left Achilles soreness. He's questionable Monday against the Nuggets. Joel Embiid also questionable for that game with right calf soreness. Uh, obviously a lot on the line for Joel Embiid trying to win MVP. Yeah, it was uh, he was questionable as well against Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back. And he is, you'll recall, he was load managed early in his career and kind of chafed at that, chafed at the idea that he couldn't make it through a full season. He really has since 2021 when he's finished second in MVP two years in a row. Though 2021, I actually had him as my per minute MVP that year and he just didn't play. He played significantly less than Jokic that year and maybe why he didn't get it. And I think a lot of people have really fixated on 
how he dominated against Jokic in the first matchup. So this Monday game, I'm just, I'm a little concerned that he may be pushing harder than would be optimal for the Sixers, especially with a calf issue. You know, that's the sort of thing that can flare up that needs some rest. It's just, we don't know for sure, obviously, that that's the case. But for a guy who's struggled to be healthy in the postseason, also knowing that he desperately wants to win MVP, I think that's, you would agree, Dan, that's pretty clear based on some of his public comments over the years, right? His public comments where he says MVP is not important to him and we're just going to accuse him of lying. Yeah, I, I actually do agree. <laughs> I mean, he says over and over, it's about winning. I don't want to, you know, at least lately. In the past, he's talked more openly about it. I think I think to a certain degree, yeah. he's, he's he feels slighted, right? I'm sure he thinks he should have won some of those prior ones. And uh, I do believe to an extent he's like, I'm over it, or at least trying to convince himself he's over it. I also think he cares. Yeah, be interesting to see whether Harden plays it in this game as well because he's really struggled in that Bulls game and then it hasn't played didn't play in that back-to-back Portland they're uh leaning towards shutting down Damian Lillard and uh uh if that's what leaning is then the leaning power <laughs> tower of Pisa is basically just like ramrod straight <laughs> because uh they're fucking doing it yeah, they. I think they're toast now. Uh, we we saw them uh, get blown out by the Bulls. The, you know, we see the level of competitiveness of this team without Damian Lillard's talent, and also without uh, you know, it, it sends a message, right? This is when I talk about uh, tanking, and everybody's like, "It's organizations that tank. It's not the players." Well, when all the other players see Damian Lillard getting shut down, that's a drain on their energy level. That's a drain on their focus. Um, they might not want to go out to lose in the same way. But it, but it does trickle down into players' competitiveness. Well, I, I think to the extent that it's players who have an unsettled contractual situation have a are trying to establish their careers, they're going to go out there and pay, play hard. But kind of by definition, a lot of those guys aren't as good of players. Yeah, you know, and Jeremy Grant surely has things kind of wrapped up. You know, it's uh, officially left quad contusion, right foot for Grant, right foot soreness for Simons right knee soreness for Yusuf Nurkic and that right calf tightness for Lillard Shams stated it as protecting Damian Lillard uh that it makes sense to do that so at, at least we're getting to see the shade and sharp show like he's been I think he had 24 uh and he had a career high 29 tonight as they were surprisingly competitive uh at least the final score was surprisingly competitive uh, against OKC tonight but yeah I mean that's We'll kind of talk about this as we go through the remaining schedule and where everything stands, but I think basically just mark Portland down as an auto win for whoever is playing them the rest of the way. Yeah, uh, you would think the same would be true against a team like Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, they, they... the last we talked about them, I was like, oh, yeah, everyone got injured. I think I was against the Pels. And, like, they're just, they don't have anyone available. And then they were going to play two in a row against Dallas. <laughs> it's like, oh, Dallas is going to get healthy here. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Luka Doncic got his 16th technical foul on top of back-to-back losses to Charlotte. So, barring something getting rescinded, that'd be a suspension for him. Uh, a lot of problems yeah, and for, i don't think it's going to get rescinded because the pool report said he used profanity and i love that the referee then actually looked at the video of the call <laughs> and made sure to say that uh he used profanity protesting what was a correct non-call <laughs> and, and luke i mean did you see dan his comments and I there's sure been kind of this fervor about him, you know, he just not being in like the right mental space, like how challenging a year it's been and all that. Uh, 
yeah, stay tuned for uh, the Monday Daily Dunks for more on those comments. Um, Just the short version, it seemed like trading for Kyrie Irving was supposed to provide an immediate boost for the Mavericks, and it has not worked. That doesn't mean it's Kyrie Irving's fault, but that aspect of the trade absolutely has not worked. No, and it wouldn't seem so. And, uh, you know, yeah, they've had Luke and Kareen and out of the lineup. Both have been dealing with injuries. But I think, what are they now, three and seven? No, or three and eight when they both play, I want to say. Like, yeah, three I and six how- and they just lost these two. Yeah, and I I think that's somewhat fluky because they've played better or had more success at least when one's been in and not the other. Like, it's not like either of them have all... Luca before, you know, Luca had a hell of a game uh, in the second one against Charlotte. It wasn't enough. I mean, it's it's just a weird thing going on in Dallas. I don't know. And I, I think some of this is self-fulfilling, too. At, at least my read on it from afar is when you lose a game you don't think you should lose, then you start to wonder, well, what's wrong? And then you find things that are wrong. And then you have more trouble. They're in a funk. They're in a bad spot. Yeah, so they're next... Four, all on the road. This is a five-game road trip that they're on right now at Indiana. That'll be interesting. And that is tomorrow night, right? Second night of a back-to-back. I mean, by basically by definition, all of these are harder than against Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at Philly. Well, uh, no, they have at Spurs on the last okay well, the not on this road. That, I just meant on this road trip, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, so the Spurs, like, they've got... Kelton Johnson didn't play against the Celtics. Jeremy Sohan didn't play. Uh, Vassell was back. Like they just, uh, I mean, again, uh, these various hangnails that you can only assume <laughs> they're keeping guys uh, out uh, at this point. Um, they got completely destroyed by the Celtics without Jason Tatum, as expected. You know, we were hoping in Utah that Colin Sexton would get a chance to come back from that torn meniscus. He had the repair. It basically cost him all last year. It's basically going to miss this entire year pretty much with this hamstring issue yeah i mean that's a bummer there um the jazz are are fading to the finish it would have been nice to to get him on the court more Um, well actually i guess i shouldn't say that he's played 47 games which yeah uh i mean he had that one absence that probably took you know maybe like two three weeks and then but he just hasn't played since the break and it's been the hamstring again but i i guess it just it still seemed like his season never got going because he just you know, was coming off the bench in this limited role, wasn't really closing games, and it seemed like they were going to unleash him after the break, and uh, obviously uh, hasn't played at all. Yeah, I guess maybe, I, I guess I thought you meant calendar year where he hasn't get off the, uh, yeah. I, I, I do think, uh, you know, I thought he looked pretty good early. I, I, I guess I I thought he did get going. I I was impressed. Um, it would have been nice to see it over the larger sample to see if he can sustain it, um, but his, his aggressiveness as a scorer um, within their team construct Right. I mean, a lot of times in in Cleveland, it felt like his aggressiveness as a score came out of rhythm here. It felt like it came in rhythm. I I was pretty impressed with what I saw earlier in the year from him. Um, Yeah. Still young, still great work ethic, still improving. Um, Yeah. It's unfortunate he's losing his development time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, 23 usage, 62 shooting. Yeah. I mean, that's. But uh, so, but that's still hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I guess we'll Minnesota. we'll uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota, so, Minnesota. Uh, Anthony Edwards re- returned after missing a few games with an ankle injury. Uh, helped the Timberwolves beat the Warriors. Maybe a little rusty. Thirteen points on fourteen shots, but he played a team high thirty-five minutes. I liked the energy I, I saw from him. He was ding up. He was playing hard. Uh, you know, he, he's got to get get back in rhythm. But the Timberwolves are are right in this mix. We've spent all season fretting about them and. They're right on the border of, you know, are they are they going to directly qualify for the playoffs as a top six seed? Are, are, they could still miss the postseason. That's uh, possible if the Mavericks and, and one other team, you know, have their act together. Uh, they're fighting for every every seed in the 
play in spot every obviously seven's better than eight better than nine better than ten um yeah they're they're just right in the middle of this tight race well and they've also won two straight since carl anthony towns return mm-hmm. he was in the starting lineup this game 32 minutes didn't shoot it well but hit, hit the think, uh, the game-winning three-pointer you know he hit the game-winning free throw in the other one he's he's at least coming up yeah. clutch yeah and so that's I mean, is it possible that they could now emerge into being the quality of team that we thought they would be at the start of the season? Just we thought reintegrating Towns would be difficult, but they've had a lot more time to reintegrate Gobert. So may- maybe they'll they'll actually like Towns will solve some of the issues that they have and they're actually like going to be good now. I think that's aiming a little high. How about this? Could they be the team that we hoped they could be after they got off to a really rough start? That's, I yeah, think, a may- more maybe so. Goal. I, I I mean, remember well, so how the, high expectations were coming into the year. That's uh, that's uh, asking a lot, I think. Well, but like, could they play at the, their overrunner was 49 and a half. So could they play at the level of a 49 win team? Yeah, I think that's asking yeah. a lot. Okay. But I guess uh, but we'll maybe. see. But it's, it's yeah, yeah it, uh, two games, obviously, is, is not enough. But in terms of seating, I think like Danny and I had a Watfo on whether they would be either, uh, whether they would qualify for the playoffs. And he had them at like, you know, 80% or so, like just straight up qualify for the playoffs, not being the so top six. Yeah. And like, that's yeah. actually like well within reach now for them. We'll get to that in a second here. In Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, right hamstring soreness. He's questionable on Monday, didn't play in their win over the Jazz, in which Larry Markinen uh, did not play with this wrist issue and orlando got jalen suggs back uh, on sunday against the nets uh, who they took care of at home 119-106 suggs had missed four straight in the concussion protocol and uh, another return is likely jay crotter left calf soreness mike budenholzer alluded to this he's probable for monday against the pistons so it's uh, good for them to be able to get him a a game in the g league to before he's able to rejoin the regular team Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found Helix Sleep. We took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types. And uh, Helix offers 20 unique mattresses. Everybody sleeps differently. And Helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences. Hot or cold, side sleeper, back sleeper. So take that Helix sleep quiz. Find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? Like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress. Where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on, but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed? And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house. 
Get that 100-night trial. They're 10 to 15-year warranty, depending on the model. And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easy to slash capspace. We talk about all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years. And it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside these things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout please remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us let's talk a little bit about uh these these races down the stretch we, we talked about a few of them already is there a spot in the east or west where these teams are bunched up that is particularly catching your eye that you're most interested in down the stretch yeah i mean i guess let's just start in the east because it's always we always start in the west i mean obviously you still have that uh five through 12 in the the west being relatively close to one another at this point but the east uh uh, we're actually yeah just go ahead give give me uh let's just go through starting from the top well yeah let's so right now we're using 538 projections uh for the bucks to finish first with 58 wins the celtics second with 57 it's obviously a a huge difference because in the second round you avoid theoretically the the 76ers if you look at it like most people do of you know three clear top teams in the east milwaukee boston in philadelphia there's a huge difference to get that number one yeah and there is a boston milwaukee game remaining on the second night of a back-to-back for the bucks but it is also in milwaukee so that, that'll be fascinating we'll have to watch that one obviously and see what it looks like both because anytime those teams match up it is huge i still think those are the two best teams in the east uh even with the, or certainly the best two-way teams in the east even with philly surging of in recent vintage so uh and the Before this there, most recent decided, stretch right? though uh, yeah. Yeah. That is that is correct. So his most recent stretch. So the 76ers have lost a couple straight, and that gives the Cavs at least a chance to finish third, which ruins the exact thing I just said. Even though I think it's most likely Philly finishes third, they do have the tiebreaker over Cleveland. Uh, it's possible that that to uh, the one seed could be the one ending up playing Philly in the second round. 
Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, it may, that Sixers-Cavs would be a lot more interesting if Doc Rivers hadn't successfully challenged a Joel Embiid offensive foul back in the game that those guys played to keep him in the game that they ended up winning. So yeah, Celtics are two back of the Bucks in the loss column. And that tiebreaker has not yet been decided, right? Correct. Yeah, so that, that'll be decided in that last game. So that'll be a big game. This, if the Celtics win that, they may actually be able to make this interesting. Uh, and with the Sixers having lost a couple of straight now, they're now two back of the Celtics in the loss column, plus the Celtics have the tiebreaker as well. And then the Cavs, uh, with the recent skid by the Knicks, having lost three straight, they're in fine position five games ahead of the Knicks in the loss column. How's it shaking out in that five through seven range? That's kind of a pod there as well. So uh, using the 538 projections, Knicks at 47 wins would get the five seed. Nets at 45 wins would get the six seed. And then the Heat at 43 wins would be seven. Obviously a big difference there because you have to go through the play-in tournament. The Nets also have the tiebreaker over the Heat. Uh, so even though those two teams are currently tied, uh, based on remaining schedule, uh, 538 is projecting the, the Nets to come out ahead. I wonder how reliable that projection is, because obviously the Nets have changed their roster significantly at the trade yeah, deadline. They, they do having account that tie- for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but having the tiebreaker over the heat w- could go a long way, too. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. They all those teams have like pretty soft remaining schedules. It looks like uh, I think they've all uh, Nets have a game against Philly. So do the Heat. But again, like you just those uh, the last game of the season for the Nets is against Philly, and you know that very easily could just be Philly not trying because everything is wrapped up. How about that East uh, eight through uh, wherever you want to cut eight it through off? ten, eight through ten? I yeah. think. Um, you got the Hawks and Raptors are tied, and then the uh, Bulls are half a game back in 10th. 538 projects all three of them for 40 wins. Uh, you know, huge difference in the play, and it, it's obviously dramatically different if you have a home game or not, or if you have to win one or two games to get into the playoffs. Um, so this seems going to be fighting and claw until the end. Well, and it looks like the Wiz are done, yep. which is, yep. is really interesting. They had some stretches where it looked like they were going to be right in it. Bradley Beal didn't play today against the Raptors. They lost that one. And so now uh, the Wiz being four games in the loss column behind the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls. So yeah, it's looking like we're pretty much set here. David Aldridge wrote a column today about how, oh, we would never want to tank, but we, you know, <laughs> if you're a Wizards fan, you should root for them to lose, which, uh, you know, it would probably be better if they tank. Uh, so, but his voice carries a lot of weight in, in that market, so I'm sure he didn't want to quite go to that level, uh, but... For me, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, and Bradley Beal, I assume this knee soreness is serious enough. Like he hasn't played in three games as their season has pretty much slipped away at this point. But I mean, shit's starting to get interesting. We'll talk about the race for the lottery after we talk about the Western Conference. I mean, if we're going to mention the Wizards, we, we ought to mention the Pacers who are tied with the Wizards. Right. I, I think would have a slightly better chance at this point of making the postseason, but they're both probably done. So we don't need to spend too much time on either. Uh, going to the to the West, uh Grizzly or the Nuggets looking pretty safe as the one seed, looking like the Grizzlies are going to be the two, the Kings the three, and then we get into this very tight race uh, from four down. Well, so we haven't mentioned this yet that KD Shams reported he's targeting Wednesday. I think that's against Minnesota to come back. And given that none of these other teams 
except these world-beating Timberwolves, of course, Dan, uh, <laughs> are can really be trusted to win games. I feel like once KD comes back, and I guess we haven't really heard anything about DeAndre Ayton yet either and his potential return, but I, if KD comes back, I trust the Suns to keep winning games, and they also have a, a one-game lead in the loss column. Uh, Clippers have 36 losses. Uh, they lost that home, as mentioned, to New Orleans. They played the juggernaut Bulls. <laughs> after who just beat the lakers and then the clippers have a set in memphis two games followed by a back-to-back in new orleans and i imagine memphis is still going to be trying they'll be underdogs and that so the clippers they got uh, they're gonna have to keep winning here uh and then they also play the lakers and then portland and then they have what law murray has been calling game zero of a potential series against phoenix but that schedule for the clippers is tough and particularly without Paul George. So that's why 538 actually projects them to finish behind the Warriors even after that Warriors loss at home to the Wolves tonight. Yeah, the Warriors have a, a slightly softer schedule down the stretch. I do think the Warriors are probably the bigger challenge to Phoenix for that four seed. However, the Suns have the tiebreaker, so that's going to be tough. I, I do agree that the, the Suns are in pretty good shape for the four. Well, and here's the other thing, though. Like, if you're like, oh, well, Clippers, hey, they could just get into the sixth seed and play the Kings so they don't have to play the, the, the Suns in round one or the Warriors in round one. Well, the Wolves have the tiebreaker over the Clippers. So <laughs> the Clippers don't want to fall too far. They are only one game ahead of the Wolves right now. And so, I mean, so much of this, I think it's going to come down to just whether their opponents are trying at all. Because none of these teams, as I mentioned, maybe except the Suns with KD, are like super reliable to win games. Like they've all proven that they can lose just about any game on the schedule, except against, you know, the Portland Trailblazers without their top four players. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it, and this, the Spurs and you know, maybe Houston, or like, although Houston is actually like really playing guys still. So they're, and if Utah like shuts down Larry Market and that'll change things as well. So like they're, again, we'll run through at the end, like which teams actually we expect to still be trying by the end, but there are a lot that look like they're not going to be because it has, and then, you know, we know noted in the east too that you basically have the bottom five teams in the the east now have no reason to be trying right so let's uh just make sure we got this the the uh teams currently in play in position the timberwolves are half a game above 500 the pelicans are at 500 and then the lakers and thunder are each a half a game below 500 uh so very tight in that mix yeah 37 losses for the wolves and pels and then 38 for the Lakers and Thunder, and then the Mavs, 36 and 39. <laughs> I mean, that is that is really tough for them. They now project to be out of the play-in, but it seems like now with the Jazz, it's really down to Mavs. So the Mavs are still only a game behind the Thunder. So and the Lakers. If they, yeah, and the Lakers. So if they, like, they could still be hurt from, they just have to actually, like, you know, start winning some games. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, this Indiana game is going to be a big one. No Luka, and we'll see how motivated Indiana is going to be to win that one. But it's just, it is kind of a bummer that the biggest analysis that we have to go through here is just, well, hey, is this team going to be trying or not? Like, that's just what's going to determine this. Even, even in this most competitive of seasons. You're talking about the Mavericks, right? Well, the Mavericks, the yeah, whether they're going to be tanking or not at that point. Yeah, they, well, they, of course, have the top 10 protected pick. That's a good point. It's a very good well, point. Well, yeah, regardless of the pick, I just don't know the mental state of anybody in Dallas right now. And while we're talking about the West, I would be remiss if we didn't uh, congratulate the Kings on ending their record 17-year postseason drought that is now clinched. Uh, we expect them to end their 17-year playoff drought. Uh, but I think even just making the postseason is a nice victory for Sacramento. 
Yeah, and that, that'll be interesting too. They play Golden State in the, their second to last game of the season, and they probably, I guess, will be motivated to win that game and not have to face the Warriors. I'm sure Mike Braun is not at all interested in having to do that. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code CAPSPACE. Use the CAPSPACE. We talk about all the time here on the program. You get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that CAPSPACE code to let them know that you came from us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's uh, get back to uh, 2025 here. All right, so Luka Doncic will no longer be on the Mavericks. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, well, should we take a little trip down mem- memory lane here first of just like what uh, the Swami here predicted in uh, for 2023? Anything stand out to you at all as you looked over it? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> your NBA champion, Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> <laughs> beating the L.A. Clippers in the finals. Well, but, 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 Dan, I did pick Kevin Durant as my finals MVP. <laughs> Still <You know>? gonna happen. <laughs> Still could happen. Hmm. No, no, I didn't think about this. When I picked my finals MVP, maybe I should have picked somebody where I'd have a chance with multiple teams. That's a, that's a <laughs> next level. Okay, so obviously Brooklyn, they broke up. I mean, I, but the biggest thing that I will give myself some credit for as I, I re-listened to this episode before doing this was I predicted that there would not be any super teams that there wasn't really a path for that to happen. And so I felt like Brooklyn was, and remember we did this before the 21 playoffs as well, but, and they, we hadn't really seen that team together, but you know, of course that was going to happen very soon. And then you know they played one playoff series together. Um, but I felt like in the absence of any super teams that I would just pick them and it was, but I like, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll give them an 8% chance and all these other 5%, but I have to pick one. So, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, that they had the best chance, but I, overall, I think it actually was, 
was somewhat prescient that we wouldn't have a dominant team right now, that there just wasn't a way to assemble such a team. And I, I think that's been largely correct. Yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your other top teams in each conference uh, were, were the Nuggets looking good, 76ers right there. Well, and I will say, too, in the West, I think I just completely nailed the West. What I said was, I guess I would put Denver at the top. And the reason that I thought they would be one of the two conference finalists was just I didn't see another way that there would be a dominant team in the West at that point in time. Now, we hadn't seen Phoenix go to the finals and then win 64 games we didn't see the golden state renaissance coming necessarily but then of course they uh were bad again this year right like this this season is kind of like the continuation of what you would have expected based on their 21 season and last year was like where they dominated was like such an outlier so Mm -hmm. uh yeah so then i I had clippers in denver and i was like well but yeah denver kind of dominates the clippers which has remained true and of course you know we didn't know about the quiet leonard torn acl or anything like that either at that point but yeah i mean it really we talked about this in the last episode like the only two teams that have really like broken up in a crazy way that were contenders is brooklyn and then utah and so the rest of these teams are kind of like about where you would have expected them to be yeah. on the path you know, yeah go yeah. ahead i was just gonna say you're no. looking good in, in in the west you know all the way down to the bottom you had the the rockets as, as last um you did have the the spurs not considered for one of the worst two records uh you know this is a departure from the middle that they had been in for a while yeah and i had indiana not considered either because again it was the organizational philosophy aspect remember indiana at this point they've got demontis sabonis they've got you know just some they had just traded Victor Oladipo, but they had Malcolm Brown. They had all these like average starters. So I was like, I, I don't, are they going to tank? And as it turned out, they kind of seemed like they were tanking this year, but they were too good for that. And so they're not, it's not going to be the case. And obviously San Antonio has their organizational priorities have just changed a ton. Do you want to talk about the East just for a moment? So you have the teams considered to be at the top of the East, Brooklyn, New York, Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, all looking good. And then there was one more team on your list, Charlotte, with four question marks. Yeah, they had taken a big step forward in 21. Mellow ball. <laughs> uh-huh. He's the, is like, you know, looking like he's, uh, well, that, no, he was actually a rookie that year. So I was like, oh, maybe he could like have this meteoric rise. And they uh, you know, they had all this cap space. And uh, yeah, now they seem to have gone uh, the opposite direction. Um, At least you knew to put four question marks on it. <laughs> I was, yeah. Um, and then my pick for this. So actually I wanted to, I was thinking about it cause I, I re-listened to every episode because I'm, I just like, I'm trying to get better and, and, uh, you know, just want to make sure the audio quality is, uh, you know, it's solid, usual, like seven out of 10. And you mentioned how I like screwed up in the previous one because I picked the most loyal stars in the NBA as the ones most likely to change teams. The only way that we know that they are loyal is because <laughs> they had the chance to change teams and didn't take it. Other than Giannis, obviously they won the championship, but you know, Beal and Lillard. And so that takes me back to now I, I picked Washington as the other team with the worst record in the NBA, assuming that Beal was going to leave and they were, and they were going to in 2022 free agency and they're going to get nothing for him. And even I couldn't have predicted that they would offer him a five year deal with a player option and a no trade clause and a 15% trade kicker. <laughs> and that, so, that's how they would keep him. So was this before or after Beal signed the, the last extension he signed with Washington that short extension uh this would have been after that see to me that's with Beal and Lillard Giannis is a little different 
but with Beal and Lillard, they had just both stressed so much how loyal they were to their current franchises. I, I was get, taking them at their word more than most because they went out of their way to say it. It wasn't the typical lip service. And then that extension Beal signed, that was not a financially advantageous move. That's what really sealed it to me, uh, that he was he was real serious about it. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, some more terrible predictions <laughs> for 2025 here. I, I'll let you kick it off here. What do we still need to discuss? so we've got a few more individual things and we've got some team things why don't we do the team things and and mix it up a little bit and then go back to the individual um so we we divided this into who are going to be the best two teams in the east the best two teams in the west the two worst teams in the league and then who's going to fit into none of those categories so why don't we start in the east uh, my best two teams, I have Boston and Milwaukee. That's interesting. So uh, who else are you considering in this analysis? So I've got a long list of consideration. I tend to go a little broader with this because I think there are a lot of possibilities this far out. I've got yeah. the Cavs, the Knicks, the 76ers, the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, the Pacers, and the Magic. Yeah, so I was much narrower, actually. I Milwaukee and Boston, obviously, are up there. Uh, I've been encouraged by the way Milwaukee has been able to fill out their depth this season. Although, man, it's just, I mean, Giannis is that good. But it's also, you know, we kind of talked about how we expected him to age in the last episode. Uh, but obviously, it's quite possible that he not only maintains this level, but even gets a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Brooke Lopez, age 36 mm-hmm. season. And Drew Holiday, I think, age 34 season. And Middleton, he's, he's a free agent. But presumably, they'll bring him back if things go well this year i mean to me boston is the one that like has to be in there yep and then although even you even note that jalen brown can be a free agent next year uh in the summer of 24 so he could be gone Mm-hmm. but boston to me is like that's they're just they're they're two stars are on the upside there really isn't anyone else other than maybe cleveland that's uh, at that level but i think boston has already proven that they're at a really high level they made a finals already like that i'll put them in in pen and then everyone else is kind of fighting for second place for me um same it was easy to put in yeah. boston and then i the second choice was a lot tougher yeah i mean it really is tough and there isn't and the two you would expect probably that the two best players in the Eastern Conference are going to be Giannis and Embiid still at that point. Yeah, I mean Tatum could be there too. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, I but, guess I. Wasn't, but sure, I we've already, already moved on. Boston's, Boston's in, right? in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that makes you think that those two teams have the best chance. But the I had two other teams. I had Philly, obviously, Milwaukee, Cleveland, just because they're the four seed already, and everyone on their team in theory should be better two years from now. Though, eh, you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell might be asking for a trade at that point. I guess we'll see. But uh, the other two teams that I considered, though, I didn't include. Who did you have? Hawks. Yep. They just, yeah, I'm just not a believer. I guess you are kind of higher on Trey Young in the players section too. I just don't think, I don't see how they can get. What if they have Jalen Brown? That's needed. <laughs> so one, yeah, one thing the, you're talking about. With all their 2024 cap space? Well, the one thing you're talking about with Boston is not only for them to take a huge tumble where I don't feel good about them as a top two team, not only do they have to lose Jalen Brown, they have to lose him for nothing or pennies on the dollar, you know, if he's going to be on the way out, are the Celtics not going to know that and trade him uh, at the prior trade deadline? Are they not going to be able to get a, something in a sign and trade? Maybe, very possible. Um, but but we're lowering the odds of the if the, the it's not just only losing Jalen Brown; it's losing him for nothing. Yeah, and it's been a long time since a team has lost a guy for nothing like that. Who, who and is really and that a uh, that's a 
that snowballs too, right? As teams continue to to sign guys to extensions, and the new TV deals a wrinkle here. But but in this era we've been in, guys sign extensions, teams don't have cap space. You want to change teams? It almost it increasingly has to be a sign and trade because the last one was a sign and trade, and teams just keep going down that path. Yeah, and also, I mean, whether Jalen Brown makes All NBA this year mm-hmm. is big. Uh, you know, I think actually boston potentially getting the one seed would be a a a huge possible part of that uh and then of course what the cba says about extensions and the percentage increase that he could get if he does not qualify for all nba and thus the designated player veteran extension so uh the two teams that uh, i haven't mentioned yet the knicks and brooklyn that's based on potential trades because they both have a bunch of assets and they're in New York. And you know, I mean, I think Brooklyn, like they've kind of disappointed to me so far based on the talent that they have on this team, but they basically have a great team of support players. And if they could just get one star in and they have the ammo to trade for one, because they just got uh, one for KD and, you know, Mikhail Bridges can, or, or they just did a trade to get all these picks for KD. So you add Mc- this new Mikhail Bridges to another you know, kind of mid-level star, and eh, you know th- that could be a team that might be getting into the mix. Yeah, it's funny you have a shorter list. Brooklyn is one of my teams uh, that's in neither consideration for top two in the conference or two worst in the league. Um, yeah, you know they don't have the incentive to tank without their own picks, uh, but I just don't think they quite ha- have the. Uh, I- how quickly do you think they're going to want to dive in for another star? I feel like they might be a little scarred from their prior star experience. And I wouldn't recommend this, but I feel like they might be more choosy of, is this the right guy to bring in at the right time? Yeah, but I, I if they were playing better, maybe. I think so. But but also like the, the KD Kyrie thing. I mean, that was kind of a, and hardened to, I mean, that's like three of the most difficult to deal with superstars, right? You're talking about like a Donovan Mitchell or something like that. Um usually the more difficult the star is the more acquirable he is right it's the the stars who are super easy you probably don't have a chance to get them if they had a chance to go get Giannis, of course but the star they're gonna have a chance to get is probably gonna have some baggage i think they'll go for it because their present just isn't good enough you might as well just just take the risk but again i have them as a low probability same with the knicks you know philly i think i'll probably go philly because I, i think Embiid will still still have it um you know i'm just a concern more about age with milwaukee philly has maxi coming in they've got some younger guys as well daryl does a good job filling in around the margin so i'll go philly by a hair over milwaukee and cleveland i'm just not quite sure that they have the highest end talent um but i kind of between philly milwaukee and cleveland i would say i'd do it in that order but i think they all would have a decent chance those would be i would give those five you know probably 85 percent of my total pie there i don't know if i'd go that strong but i did have the same teams at the top for perspective this season uh weighted by playing time the bucks have the oldest roster in the league the 76ers are third so you are going with the slightly younger team than i am but i'm just concerned about james harden uh yeah will he even be in philadelphia at his age what will he be able to contribute we've never you know he's struggled so many times in the playoffs uh i've seen it from the box i i just believe it in that a little more you, you know excellent point on you know having tyrese Maxey. milwaukee doesn't have somebody like that um but so much of why the 76ers are good this year james harden's really good i, I i'm still kind of shocked he wasn't an all-star he's playing really well but is he ever going to do in the playoffs like if he, if they're going to be one of the top two 
teams. And I, I guess I assumed we were kind of looking at this as just the best teams in the East. It wasn't a prediction of who's going to have the best regular season record. Um, yeah, this is guess, this is the yeah. two conference finalists in yeah. the East that year. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I trust but, but I don't love this any year in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, am I supposed to trust him in two years? I'll have so much more experience. Um, okay, how Maybe about the for West? Okay, for the West. Yeah. Uh, well, well so so hold on. Let's let's. What are the two teams you you had? Atlanta and the other one was Orlando, right? We should probably talk about them. What's yeah, your theory th- on how they could get into this mix? Uh, you know, Paulo Bencaro is really good for his age. Franz Wagner is really good for his age. They'd have to be ahead of schedule. And then uh, it has been a, at times an appealing free agent destination. Um, you know, I this is obviously a real long shot, but. Uh, I, maybe I took it too literally in terms of they either have a chance to be top two or, you know, basically no chance of being bottom two. And so I, I felt more comfortable putting them in. Hey, they got a punters yesterday playing well late in the season. They're very competitive already. Um, with all the right breaks, I, I could see them being the team that loses in the conference finals in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, some of these teams, if Wim, Wembenyama really is that guy. Yeah. That's the other one. If there there really is that level of generational problems, but even him, and that would only be his second year. And then the list of second year guys who are like pushing you into a conference finals. I mean, that's that's a short list in NBA history. But it'll probably Um, grow with lottery reform because the the guys capable of that go high in the draft and those who go to worse teams. But we'll have. Well, well, I should should say the list of like 20 or 21 year olds who can do that. Obviously, you know, like Larry Bird was quite capable of doing that with the Celtics or sure you know I mean but but same logic of like if the the magic where they're going to be in the lottery are going to have a better chance of winning the lottery than they would have before lottery reform oh yeah yeah we never even talked about the lottery before actually I guess we'll just save that for our our next episode um yeah so that was it though yeah Yeah. Well, I had the Pacers. Uh, I mean, I mean, I I had a long list. We, you know, I I don't know how you you know the the Hawks, the rap. We talked about the Hawks. I also had the Raptors, the Pacers. Um, a little, you know, the Pacers are another. Yeah, yeah, team the that, Raptors. How how the hell are the Raptors going to get in there? So that's some belief in organizational competence. That uh, you know, how how did they get there when when they traded for Kawhi, right? Um. Well, they started with a 60-win team, and then they traded for one of the best players in basketball. Sure, right, but this was a 60-win team that repeatedly disappointed in the playoffs, right? They did not play like a 60-win team in the playoffs. Um, So, you you know, you you have – this is just a bet on Masai, basically, that, you know, you have some good players and that he figures out the right combination, and you have it for a year. Um, not betting on that, but I, I felt again. I felt more comfortable with them having an outside chance than believing they're going to be worse to in the conference. I think they have a, a better chance of being worse in the conference. Hmm. Although twenty four, they're kind of all in on twenty four, but then twenty five, that eh, you know, we'll see. I guess. Uh, I, I mean, any team that I don't see much of a pathway for them to get above like fifty wins or 40, 45 wins, or you know, that equivalent of team in the playoffs. Um, and then who's your last? Oh, Indiana. Well, just on Toronto, isn't a lot of that based on you don't like how their roster fits together more so than the value of their individual players? And yeah, so I'm kind of on the these guys aren't that good train mm. at this point. And I like, mean, a, got, like a Siakam or something. It's just like I just don't see how like they need to make a conference finals to me. They need to get either through development or through trades or whatever. They need to get two players who are better than their two best guys right now. We're just curious, just trying to assess where you think they would have been. Where do you think they'd be this year if they had traded Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant? Oh. <sighs> 
I mean, KD is really good. I mean, like, they probably would have been about where the Nets are. Maybe, like, Ooh. where the Nets were with KD. Probably about that. I mean, that was maybe, a I mean, I don't know. Contender. Maybe everyone would have fit in way better around them. But, like, I don't think the Raptors have, like, some amazing trade assets for, like, a rebuilding team necessarily. But, yeah. And also, I'm also, I'm considering, like, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and OG Ananobi all have contracts that end before 2025, as of now. Yeah, this is, this is not a prediction necessarily in how good uh like their median outcome necessarily to me it's they have the ability to they were a team i considered in this like they have the ability to get there because i i just believe in Masai that much where they i i think i'm probably higher on their individual players than you i think i see them in a similar place view yeah. of how those pieces i, I fit once together. thought as you did <laughs> i once thought as you did <laughs> i I, I think you're weighed down a little bit on on how they're fitting together yeah maybe um and then indiana i think they're just they're too far away to me I now, mean, maybe was, they get Wembenyama and that's like you know that's what influence yeah I mean when we were talking about individual players um you know you you had uh Tyrese Halliburton higher than I did right and so if you have a a player of that caliber to to be top two in a conference I I think that's within reach um you know Ben Matherin showed his his talent this year obviously needs to to polish it more to be at that level but um yeah I think they have the tools to to make a quick ascent potentially yeah, I still think of Tyrese as good as I think he's going to be as, like, second best player on a conference finalist. Hmm. Um, or they would have to assemble well, a you, ton of depth. You had him as an all-NBA player in your predictions, if I remember right. In, uh, yeah, like one third, third team yeah. all-NBA. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy to think a... Uh, a third team all nba player could quite easily be capable of leading his team to uh uh the conference finals without some extraordinary amount of help you know he needs good help but it doesn't have to be extraordinary i mean the biggest thing that i I will say about this exercise again and as i said two years ago honestly like i don't see where this dominant team is coming from now at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, maybe maybe that'll look stupid, right? Maybe the Bucs are going to just completely roll through the playoffs and it's like, oh yeah, they were the dominant team all along. Like, how dare you question them? They just won their second championship in three years and they would have won it last year if Middleton hadn't gotten hurt. You know, that could be the narrative after this season. Who knows? But as but of right now, that, it doesn't look like it was that dominant. Even if that happens, they're the oldest team in the league. That doesn't mean we feel that sure. they're going to continue that two years out. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so in the West, I, I think... The two obvious number one and two, if we're talking about regular season, is Denver and Memphis. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just all have their guys are under contract. They're young. They should, if anything, those teams should be better in two years than they are now. At least Memphis. Well, not Denver. I mean, they might be. I, I Denver and Memphis. Memphis and Denver are my my two teams. Um, you know, the Nuggets have set a higher bar 
to surpass. I, I guess why not Denver? No, I don't really have a good reason. You know, their their guys are are young enough. Um, you know, sure. No, that's that's fair. I mean, I I look at you know. KCP, uh, Bruce Brown, what what are the contractual situations going to be? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to be, you know, healthy, as healthy as he's been this year? Um, so, I mean, I see some question marks there where I don't necessarily, well, I don't know. I guess at this point, I got to see a lot of question marks for the Grizzlies, too. Uh, they're more volatile than I would have thought a couple months ago. Um, yeah, no, okay. The, the, I, I do think they both should be better in a couple of years. And, you know, again, neither of those teams where I kind of had John Morant or, uh, and even Denver again, due to their defensive issues, neither of them make me feel like, oh man, this team is just going to be dominant. You know, I'm not thinking of Memphis as I was thinking of like, you know, 2010 Oklahoma city or something like that. Um, but I mean, I did have Jaron Jackson as being a second team all NBA guy and job being right in the mix there too. So, and Desmond Bain is another guy who can get better. I mean, those are like three all-star level of players. The bottom two are probably fringe all-stars this year but like that if they improve as you would expect in two years they should be in consideration so three all-stars and and then again like who else is even uh, like i think those two as far as especially regular season are just like way above where i expect everyone else to be and is there anyone else that you really like maybe you just okay one of these veteran teams can catch lightning in a bottle or something like that and beat them in the playoffs so i because I, I don't think these are going to be unbeatable teams but there really isn't any other group that i would consider is going to like really be on the rise two years from now but oh maybe, i mean I've... maybe yeah go, go ahead so who is your who's your best argument for like the third best team well i've i've got uh unsurprisingly i've got several teams that i also considered but in terms of what you just framed it as a team that's going to be rising how about the thunder like yeah that was probably the one that came to mind for me the most and i obviously was very high in shea gilgis alexander in our last episode and you know i like jalen williams like, i do think he has all-star potential and we'll see what holmgren does but they're not gonna necessarily supplement with another draft pick they could though if they want to you know they have enough draft equity that they could probably just bring in a couple of like very solid veteran starters and make this a 50 win team basically whenever they want to yeah how but the same yeah. logic how about the pelicans and the jazz so the pels i i'm not sure their draft equity is not actually that amazing anymore um no but they've got a lot in place already too they do there obviously are fit issues there i mean that's a, the biggest thing is just zion and, and his health as well i mean the, there will probably be a season at some point where it comes together for these guys but i you know i'm loath to predict any particular season i mean i think if i really had to pick a number three it probably would still be phoenix at this Same. point just yeah devin booker like kd i don't think they'll be at world beaters in the regular season like they're very limited now in their draft assets but they should be able to fill in the team list a little bit looks like ishbia is willing to spend they might even be able to increase their talent level by just you know, picking up sending expiring contracts out for like your tobias harris of the day who's just on a long contract and overpaid but like still helps you win you know a, a clay thompson style of contract something like that so where they can actually get a little more depth and you know when you if you kind of have like a 1a 1b situation at that point with kd and booker and paul probably will be done by then they'll have to figure out something at point guard but with those two guys and a willingness to spend i think you can still get there it's just a question of where kd is at at that point is the biggest variable yes they're also my third team and uh in terms of spending like the clippers the warriors i think they deserve consideration there um 
you know, they, they have obviously, you know, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George in LA. Like, they have good players. We're concerned about the aging. But as long as those teams are willing to spend like crazy, and I've got more confidence in the, the Clippers continuing to do that, but the Warriors have certainly earned plenty of benefit of the doubt with their spending habits. That's a huge leg up. I think that keeps them potentially in the mix, too. Yeah, for Golden State, I, again, it is possible that, you know, maybe Steph Curry is still going to be that guy even two years from now you know you don't want to bet on that at his age 36 season but it's it's possible and i mean obviously you know draymond green clay thompson will have contracts that will have expired by that point you know i'm not so high on jonathan kaminga as another guy but you know maybe he can continue to develop and really become a, a high level starter for them and uh but yeah it's asking a lot of the big three to still be dominant enough to be the foundation of the team and that's what would have to occur for them to be a conference finals team two years from now i saw five other teams i have under consideration uh, do you have any left uh yeah i had okc i had new orleans uh i did put the dallas mavericks in there reluctantly just because yep. luca is yep i mean luca will be i think the best player in the conference at that point i think i'll probably like him a little bit better than Jokic. um and didn't we pick him as in part one as best player in the whole league right yeah i think we did so i know i did so yeah now i i mean i would say all right so what does luca have left now uh on his contract he has three more guaranteed years after this one so but it seems like as a guy that good they'll at least try to make it work for two more years and then maybe trade him with one guaranteed year left i don't see them doing it with two guaranteed years left unless i mean maybe he'll just really want out but we we haven't seen younger guys necessarily go that route i think that would be very interesting but i so yeah this is an interesting question like is it more likely that the Mavs make a conference finals in 25 or that Luka is on another team by the 25 players? Maybe it could be like it could be maybe the 24, 25 season is going so poorly they move him at the deadline. I don't mm-hmm. think it would happen before the 25 deadline. Yeah, I think it's more likely they make the conference finals. And I don't think that's particularly yeah. close. Both possible. Do you have anybody else on your list? Uh, that No, I, okay. I did not. The Clippers, to me, are just like, I think Kawhi, yeah, maybe, maybe he could be that guy. But the odds that both he and Paul George would be good enough, and they just don't have a way to get another star in uh, as well, I, I think. And this, this is where Golden State has like a little bit more breadth uh, of talent. I think than the Clippers do. They also have picks where they could supplement some guys. They have like a young piece like Andrew Wiggins who could still be better. So I, I'm that's why I had Golden State in there, but not the Clippers. I think the Clippers are kind of tapped out a little bit after maybe maybe next year could possibly be a last hurrah for them. But I think they're just going to be too old after that. Uh, so I like I said, I have several more. I have the Kings. Um, who I have no well, no way. Absolutely I didn't think not. you'd love that, but let me tell you. DeMontis Sabonis, age 26 season. De'Aaron Fox, age 25 season. Keegan Murray, 22. Malik Monk, 24. Kevin Herter, 24. This is a pretty young team. They're good right now. I, I, I have a lot of the same question marks that, that you do, but they're good right now. I, I think people are underestimating what their window is here to remain a pretty good team. And I think if you remain a pretty good team over multiple years, you give yourself multiple chances to catch the right breaks. Uh, do I think they're going to go far in this year's playoffs? No. Do I think they'll go far in next year's playoffs? Probably not. Probably not the year after. But 
if you have all these bites at the apple, all these chances, some year you might catch the right break. They're going to develop good chemistry. Uh, you know, their players are going to be more connected, I think. I think they're going to have more roster continuity than a lot of these other teams we're talking about. I think there's value in that. I think they have a chance. Yeah, I just I fear that their defense puts a, a very hard ceiling uh, on them. And also, like, they were so healthy this year. Now, of course, everyone's going to laugh about me saying they can't make it in 25 when they make it in 23. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like their odds of making the conference finals better in 23 or 25? Oh, 23. Because they we yeah. already know that they're, no, they're the good. third seed. Yeah. And, and as shitty as the West has been this year, and as much as I acknowledge that it doesn't look like we're trending in the direction of like more dominant regular season teams, like, no, I don't think that in the future, what are they what are they going to finish with? Like 47 wins or something? That that's going to be the three seed in the West going forward? Uh, all right, they're projected for 49. All right, that, that's being a little a little harsh on them. But still, I don't think 49 wins can be the three seed, you know, plus 2.3 net rating. Like, that's your three seed in the West. Like, that's, this is as good a year, I think, as the Kings can have and as bad a year as everyone else can have. Yeah, when you say as good a year as the Kings can have, I do think they've caught a lot of breaks. But I, I think people are just underestimating what their youth provides as this was not an all, I mean, in some ways it was an all-in push to end this playoff drought, but it's not like it's a bunch of old guys and now they're going to go back to being a pumpkin. They should remain competitive. Um, let's see if I can fend you any more on uh, my other three teams in the mix. The okay, Timberwolves. Okay. And here would be, here would be I think, the most logical way for the Timberwolves. They Anthony Edwards ascends on on a, a positive version of the track he's on and is you know one of the, the top players in the league. And Rudy Gobert hangs around as, as a really good rim protector defensive player fits what he's the Rudy Gobert they wanted him to be even in a couple years maybe slight decline from where he was in Utah but better than what he showed in this uneven season as everything adjusted and they say we're trying to be good right now and they trade Carl Anthony Towns for someone who fits better and or is a better help for this team in 2025 Uh, so maybe more so than saying we're trying to prioritize Anthony Edwards's peak which is not going to be yet in 2025 uh, they're trying to win well Rudy Gobert is still in his prime and that means trading uh Carl Anthony Towns yeah I, I would think it would be more it's hard to trade someone with Carl Anthony Towns caliber and actually like get better players back for him sure so I, I I think it's more likely that it just it works and that Carl That's Anthony also Towns has a great season and like uh you know I mean yeah that it's this is such a miserable Western Conference that it's just yeah you could sell me on anyone like maybe one of these teams it's like you know wins 51 games and now they're the one seed and they got an easy <laughs> path it's like it, there's but i i really i just don't see this team getting to the level of of a conference finals like we're talking about possible like yeah, I mean, right, a lot of things are possible but if i'm just like hey i i i'm trying to focus more on teams i see a realistic path for that i wouldn't be like absolutely shocked if this happened i would be shocked if the wolves were in the conference finals in 25 all right well i'm doing pretty good on uh on raising your hackles a little bit on these picks but uh let's go with uh i got two more left the lakers here's the argument for the lakers they're the lakers they find a way free agents want to go there players you want to get traded there Uh, we talked about for best player in the league we both thought it it was possible it could still be i don't know did we put lebron for best player we at least talked about him for still deserving an all nba 
we, we yeah. said, does he could he maybe make an All NBA team? Uh, you know, Anthony Davis at times has looked really good, especially offensively in in the bubble. Granted, uh, but defending and was on the superstar track, and uh, it's possible LeBron is the, could be the third best. The way things work for the Lakers, LeBron could be the second best player, the third best player. Maybe Anthony Davis is the best player. LeBron is still All NBA caliber and is the second best player. And they have a third star. Yeah, but I just don't see how they get the third star though. They just uh, they don't have they're the, the Lakers. Well, they're, as well, we go on, they're, they're, and they don't have to, the cap space. As we go on, they're going to have more draft picks they can trade. Uh, you know, let's just say D'Angelo Russell. I mean, they'll have by this solid. point, they'll have been able to trade two draft picks or may, okay. maybe one more, like at the draft. So they might be able to trade three first round. Like they're just there's no way they'll have anywhere close to the best package. Even if it's like they won't be able to even to beat a team that like wants to rent a star for a year, like Kawhi style. I don't think. That's, I don't know. That's I why mean, I ruled them out. See, I don't. I don't know if I. That's necessarily the case. Let's, I mean. You know, the the salary they send out, it's not like it's Russell Westbrook anymore, right? Where we're looking at this as a negative contract. D'Angelo Russell, maybe, you know, he, he continues to play while he's having a nice year. He's still young enough where he could be better. You know, maybe the team with a potentially with a star that's saying I, i'm only going to resign with the lakers if you trade me anywhere else i'm i'm gonna not uh resign i'm gonna go to los angeles and the team says okay i'll take two first round picks and i can get uh you know d'angelo russell who's a solid starting point guard and maybe we get an austin Re- like the package I, I think can look better uh, but it'd have to require the right pressure i agree they're going to be short on assets but i could see that i mean these things work yeah. out for the i mean lakers i don't even the think they have like Part of the reason that the AD thing worked to get him to the Lakers, number one, they had a shitload of assets. Right. And number two, they had a way to get cap space the upcoming offseason where he could just say, well, I'll just go to the Lakers if you trade me to like Boston or wherever. And I don't see them having a way to have cap space. As long as LeBron and AD are on the team, they're not going to have cap space. Well, Anthony Davis is also, you know, a far higher caliber of star that would necessarily qualify as the third star if Anthony Davis is playing as well as hoped as the best player and LeBron is hanging on at age 40 as a third team All-NBA player and is the second best player. That third star doesn't have to be Anthony Davis level, especially the Anthony Davis level he looked like coming out of New Orleans. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I still think that there's just no way they could have the best package. Um, but I, I do realize that the Lakers' illustrious uh, you know two playoff bursts in the last 10 years is really swaying you about the, their history that they are the Lakers, so <laughs> hey, one of those was a, was a championship all right uh here's the last one okay the portland trailblazers damian lillard is so good and of all these players we talked about of hey where are they going to be in two years these older players the stuff curry the kevin durant Kawhi leonard lebron damian lillard is the youngest of them he's having a hell of a year this year at least was before he he's getting shut down probably uh you know, I because he's younger, you have some faith in where he's going to be, and I think he'll probably still be in Portland. And I'm not saying they have amazing assets, but I do think they have a a goal of finding him the right surrounding talent. They'll have this lottery pick this year. They have Shaden Sharp, whether he ascends or whether they could trade him. Um, and it take you know, Damon Willard, I think, has been trying to find somebody to come out there. And I'm just throwing out a name. I'm just making this up. I'm not, you know, what if what if the 76ers lose early, uh, Harden leaves, things don't go well next year, and Joel Embiid wants to be in Portland, right? I mean, there's... And that's just one example. I think you have Damian Lillard. You have this organizational goal to win isn't around he Damian like, Lillard. Isn't Joel Embiid an Under Armour guy? Isn't that his... I mean, how long is this contract? 
So I, yeah, I so we we disagree on Portland because I mean number one, I as high as I am on Dame, I don't have him as like I don't think he's ever been a top five player in the league, and I don't expect that to change at his age thirty four season. And then uh, yeah, I mean when has Portland ever gotten a guy to who really mattered to want to be traded there? It seems just that that's kind of unlikely to happen. And I actually have Portland as one of my two, although you could probably talk me into more two teams. Western Conference teams as a possibility for worst record in the NBA. It's also possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I they, they've got the, the swing there for sure. They could be. I mean, they're not that far off <laughs> this year. Not as far off yeah, as so you'd we, like to see, at least. Yeah. Um, so who do you have as the, uh, the champion in your finals pick? So god i mean i think boston yep. finals mvp jason tatum yep over uh, yeah uh memphis yep we're in agreement on that yeah I, I think the biggest reason why i would say i like memphis over denver i don't know that either of those teams has like a particular matchup advantage against the other but i do think that memphis has all their picks and denver is pretty much completely out of assets and so i think that memphis will be able to fill in their holes more than memphis I understand the Nuggets are finally paying the tax this year, but we have a lot of years of uh, extreme hesitancy for paying the tax. And I know the Grizzlies haven't proven it yet, but there have been reports that uh, they're they're ready to pay a big tax bill to keep this team together. I yeah, and I was also encouraged those. by reports at the deadline that they were pretty aggressive and trying to move some picks. So I, I think that'll mm-hmm. pay off eventually, particularly if the price to acquire players actually comes down a little bit, which who knows whether it will or not. But that's, and of course uh, the big yeah, caveat. So, I mean, it, it's on John Morant's uh, off-court stuff, right? I mean, that's I, I feel like a, a couple months ago, Memphis looked like a much safer pick as the future of the West. I'm not that worried about that. I think I think it's going to be, we're not going to hear about this stuff anymore. Could be, guess. very much could be. I, I hope that's true. I, I And I don't really, it's not the sort of thing that I particularly enjoy speculating on either. So, um, yeah, so Boston and Memphis. That's interesting. We both had the same, the same one. All right, uh, two worst teams. Teams. who are your candidates here so i had four candidates uh the bulls the hornets the spurs and the pistons i'm guessing your candidate list is longer because i had a lot of teams in the uh race for top two so you got some more spots to fill in <laughs> well yeah i have portland did you say portland i did say port well i mean i could put them in here too i i tried to pick teams to only one category so oh, yeah because yeah. i put them in possibly being top two in the west uh, I felt that was more true. I, I think they have a better chance of having a bottom two record than a top two finish, uh, making it to a conference finals. I guess, well, hmm, I'm, as I think about how I did this, I, I did who do I think has a somewhat realistic chance to be top two in their conference. I filled those in first. Yeah. Uh, so they were just kind of out of consideration. Like, sure, I could absolutely see them being bottom two. And I, I'm not sure which I would say is more likely, but I already slotted them into top two, so I didn't put them into worse two. But sure. All right, yeah. so... So give me your four again. It was Chicago, Charlotte, San Antonio, and Detroit. Um, Yes, I have all of those in there. I had to add in Houston. I mean, they're terrible now. And yeah. I, I mean, they don't have a player that I would predict is going to be like close to an all NBA player. I mean, like, James Harden? and i mean i I think it's just yeah it's just it's yeah and an organizational uh i think goal to move up 
Yeah, I mean that that certainly could be true, but they suck now and they don't have like an obvious superstar in the future, so I <laughs> they could just try to get better and fail. Like that is very possible to me. Um I but yeah, they they weren't among my top 2, I don't think. Uh yeah, I mean the Pistons, who do you think will be better in two years, the the Rockets or the Pistons? I think the Rockets. Uh it easily could be the Pistons, but he, I put the Pistons in consideration for worst. I didn't. I put the Rockets in that that other group we have of kind of in between the the Pistons. The risk to me more so is that they make a stronger push for next season and fall flat and then take a step back the following year. You know they've got Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, older guys, um, I, and and then so much of it. Like who do you feel really really good about? They're going to be a good player for the Pistons in two years. Is the list longer than Cade Cunningham? Like, Jaden Ivey could be. James Wiseman could be. Jalen Duren could be. Uh, but it, I feel like, just in terms of, like, being a helpful player toward winning, and then, you know, what if Cade Cunningham is hurt? What if all your hopes in two years are based on Cade Cunningham? What if he gets hurt again? Or, you know, even worse, like, what if what if he's not progressing as hoped, right? He didn't look great earlier in the year before getting hurt. He's losing this development mental time i'm not betting on that um but when you have so much hope on one single player with the rockets i I feel like their young talent it's more spread out there's more opportunities for for guys to hit to be helpful players yeah it's possible uh because some of them play a position other than center uh (laughs) yeah um no i I do think houston despite the fact they apparently don't have the greatest culture right now i think their front office knows what they're doing more than detroit like I, i think that detroit is a good bet to be less than the sum of their parts if Troy Weaver is still in charge. Uh, and, and then, yeah, I mean, in the West San Antonio, like, I don't see, like, it seems like they're okay with, like, a, a slow build. They're going to be behind, you would guess, teams like Orlando and Detroit and Houston in terms of, like, trying to get some free agents who are going to help. I mean, they do have maybe a better organization, but there's uncertainty with Popovich. Um, they just have less potential high-end talent on their team now you could also make the argument though that the spurs had just tried this year with the talent that they have right now that they would not be one of the two worst records and that they'll just only get better from here in theory but how, how much of that is based on believing in that area in greg popovich as a coach to keep a team competitive yeah. to keep a team focused and and making smart plays and is he going to be there in a couple of years yeah i mean but I, I just don't think that they have like bottom two talent in the nba on team though no, it's probably just, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other teams I considered Washington. Mm-hmm. I had Washington in that uh, bet- middle group in part because they just never they could they could fall out, but like you know Bradley Beal's a talented player. Um, they have a decent amount of depth. I just think they're going to try too hard to avoid being at the very bottom. Yeah, I really struggle here. I mean, I think you're right about that, but they just like if Kristaps Porzingis leaves and they don't replace him with anyone good. I mean, they're not really going to have a choice. Like, yeah, I, don't think. I, I guess a part of the bet is I, I think they're Kyle Kuzma him. too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like, but if, if we're talking about like a very realistic possibility that Kyle Kuzma and Chris Asperzins are not back in Washington next year, sure, uh, their draft record has been atrocious. So you don't necessarily think they're going to get an impact guy there <laughs> unless they're drafting like way high up. Yeah, there isn't a team that really just screams out to me, though, as headed for the bottom, right? Like Houston, I thought was a pretty easy call last time. And Chicago, that's another one where you think they're not going to be interested in taking. They still have Zach Levine, who could give them some 
drafted. It's like they've actually developed some guys okay off the bench. Like they seem like you know, the DeRozan's contract will have expired by that point. He, and I don't think he'll be good. He's not going to be playing at an all star level two years from now in all likelihood, you would think. So Chicago's not a bad one, but they that's another one where I think the organizational imperative is going to, they're not going to rebuild the way we've seen Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, Orlando the last few years. Dallas Mavericks? <laughs> Kyrie Irving leaves. Like, what if Kyrie Irving just leaves the Mavericks in free agency this year? I and mean, what the fuck do they do? They, it's Luka Doncic and nobody. Yeah, I mean, Luka and nobody is probably not a bottom two team. The the well, fear, right, I think, where you're going is might... like he he wants to leave too after that. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I mean, like if Kyrie were to leave, and this is why I'd be very happy to be Kyrie Irving and his agent right now, even though it hasn't worked that well. Like, yeah, I mean, you might not want to give Kyrie Irving a four-year contract, but like, is if he leaves, like, is, what's to stop Luka Doncic for just like wanting to leave right now? Particularly given like some of this noise about the frustration that he's been showing lately and all that. Um, yeah, Charlotte obviously they have could have issues too. I, I but the sale could be interesting. That's to be an interesting monkey wrench there. I'm yeah. struggling to pick like two obvious candidates here. I really am. So I mean the the Bulls. One thing working against them, they they traded this pick to the Magic. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. It's nice some of these guys they develop, but if you're not getting the enough talent there, right? And you're losing. DeRozan's been so good for them these last couple of years. He, even if he stays, you know, he, he's getting older. Um, Levine yeah. is a higher than than average injury risk. Um, no, that's true. I mean, now they do. The Bulls have a pick that's out to San Antonio in 25, but that's a top 10 protected. Although, if they are able, they retain their pick this year, which they probably won't, because looks like they're gonna make the plan. Uh, then that would push that back a little bit. All right, let's let's make a decision here. Who are your two? I'm gonna go with the Bulls and the Hornets, and I'm close wow. on the Spurs. But I, it's just tough. I'd I'd rather take a team that's headed down, where the Spurs are gonna be moving up right or you know they're already there right they'd have to be staying at the same level but they're looking to move up uh so i'd rather i think take two teams that i think are trending downward and so i will i'll go with the bulls and and hornets yeah i guess there isn't really that obvious team that's like that's really gonna cry charlotte like if they just get a healthy season from a little like they're not and and, i mean as distasteful as it may be to say miles bridges will probably be back for them next year like i i I think they'll be and the new owner will like make a splash presumably every once in a while that goes the other way where the new owner is more patient yeah i guess you can't say that uh the new owner in utah hasn't been willing to be patient he tried to make a splash initially but then it it didn't work um i'm gonna go one other thing I want to say about the Bulls, you know, obviously Lonzo Ball, that situation, um, they could be caught between a rock and a hard place where to get that salary relief, they have to waive him. But like, it's not quite a career ending injury, right? He's just not the same player, not mm-hmm. helping, but not quite career ending. Or the thing I don't think enough people are talking about, even if it's career ending and you waive him, you get this exclusion, you still have to pay him, which means you're just clearing money to pay somebody else in addition. Are we sure Jerry Reinsdorf is cool with that plan? Like, that might just be salary that's dead salary for the Bulls regardless. Yes, it is. It is possible. All right, I'm going to pick Washington as one of the two. Okay. And actually leaning towards the Detroit Pistons. Mm. That I, I, That's going to be very disappointing for a lot of people and i i am was a Cade believer i just i wish i had seen more of him but i just 
I'm not a huge believer in the Jalen's, uh, the Jalen or the Jaden, I should say, and you know, James Wiseman. Like there, there's like some of the the acquisitions that they've had, like they, all the bigs, and they really just don't have any players right now other than Cade that I predict to be in the top half of their position. Like you'd think Cade would give them enough, and they would just have enough young guys, or maybe they'll try to get more players in free agency or something. But I just again, this is I, I, there are a lot of candidates here. I I didn't feel great about. It. I, Houston, I could totally see too. I mean, I really and yeah, and, and Portland. Oof, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I should do Portland, but I don't want to pick. I want to pick like one team that's going down and one team that just is bad already, and I think I'll just continue to be bad. So yeah, I guess I'll go Washington and Detroit. Yeah, I, I mean, I these young teams like Detroit and Houston with talent. Um, you know, I, I think both of those teams have a decent amount of young talent. Whether how much you believe in it or not is different. But for all that young talent, you you draft high you, uh, these years. It's hard to stay at the bottom. It right, might it might be yeah. it might be hard to get to the postseason too. But it's hard to stay at the very bottom. So let's hit these other categories real quick here before we sign off on this Sunday night. So let's do. Uh, we've got star most likely to change teams and star most likely to remain on the same team. Uh, let's do change teams first. Okay. Okay. And uh, the level of star, it's a little bit debatable. So I, I might have some questions here. Can I count DeMar DeRozan? No, I don't. I think, okay. I think what we should do it as is like people that we had in consideration, like strong consideration for all NBA in 2025. Okay. I wrote down DeMar DeRozan just in case you had him on, on your list. So I got to cross him out. Okay. Um, I think, did you have James Harden on your list? Am I allowed to count him? He's not on my list of considerations, yeah, but yeah, I feel I mean, like it's got to be either guess, consideration. Yeah, I mean, I think like the, the chance that he's like a top 25 player in 25 are pretty low, but okay, yeah. So I, I can cross him out. I got enough of yeah, guys I'm that I'm thinking are more of guys who are like, you know, I mean, maybe we should even put like an age cap on it, like, you know, 32 or younger. Like, like I'm thinking more of like what star is going to ask for a trade. That's kind of more what I'm thinking. Okay. Is Pascal Siakam, can I, I think I can count him, yeah? Yeah, I suppose. Okay, but he's not my number <laughs> one now. You are, you, uh, DeRozan would be my number one if I could count, but my number one on this is Donovan Mitchell. Didn't ask to be That's in Cleveland. That's um, I think that, I, let me tell you this, and you can tell me as we go, as we do this, there's not a single star that I'm putting over 50% be on a different team not even close like I, i'm predicting all of these guys will be on their current team if you if my choice is current team or the field but I'm, i gotta pick somebody right and so right. he didn't ask to be in cleveland um you know has been open about having eyes for new york the knicks are are looking more and more impressive i'm going with donovan his contracts up soon i'm going with donovan mitchell wow i, I just i think Cleveland will be pretty good. I'm. It's. I mean, maybe the Knicks will be greener pastures at that point. Again, I'm. I'm. I'm predicting he's staying in Cleveland. Yeah. No. I, no. I got you. I, I mean, <sighs> I think Doncic would have a better chance of being gone than Mitchell. It's just such a shit yeah. show there right now. I mean, maybe we're just prisoners of the moment. You know, I, these, I, like, I did do this list. Charlotte, but I, I did the, do this before this exercise before these two losses of the Hornets, and so yeah, that's uh, <laughs> he, he definitely. <laughs> He definitely deserves he was not on my list and now yeah that's a decent first choice. These losses were that devastating. Um Jalen Braun in consideration for you? Y- yep. Yep. He was uh he's uh 
third on my pre-Donchance list, so maybe third, fourth, somewhere in there. Yep, absolutely. It just seems like one of those things where the Celtics will be the best team he could go to, and they'll be able to give him the most money, and they're going to. It seems like it would be, it would really, he would have to really be unhappy there, I think. Like, I think they're going to give him whatever they possibly could at that point. Um, and, and then the one other player I had uh, is Kristaps Porzingis, uh, hitting free agency yeah. this year. You know, so the, the, there's the chance more immediately. And, you know, he, he could could also wear out his welcome in Washington like he did in his other places. Um, he could get hurt and they might want to move on. Lots of possibilities there. So I would put, can I count Kyrie Irving? No. Are we going to re- remove huh. him from consideration yeah. like Danny and you I know, did two that, years ago? Well, that's another one where, where I'm like, yeah, the Mavericks just traded for him. When I did this exercise, things were going well enough that I just felt like he's going to sign a contract there. He spent a few years with the Nets. Oh, I think he will sign a contract there after yeah. this season. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't mean he's still gonna be there 2025 if luca's gone then i mean it's but it just it seems hard to for them to me to be like oh they're gonna trade Kyrie and like try to get better around luca by trading him like that doesn't make a lot of sense like it seems like if right. luca gets moved then obviously you move Kyrie too um he's definitely I would good also, enough to qualify yeah, yeah. i would maybe put, make, it make what maybe my choice should be Kyrie. Yeah. You're talking me into Well, that. here's a, another one that I have. And we've already even heard like a little bit of noise about this. Trey Young. Yeah, I thought about him. I think the new regime is going to give him enough of a chance to try to build around him. That well, I think qu- the other problem is just place. that uh, the other problem is just that they're just not going to be good. And I think like they're, they might even be interested in moving him more than. Well, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Work. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I got one more name for you. Okay. Joel Hans Embiid. <laughs> Absolutely possible. I don't see it though. It's just like if they're going to drop to where it's like, okay, they're in the bottom half of the East, East playoff bracket a couple of years in a row, then maybe. But I think as long as they're top four, I think he's also just enough of a believer in himself that he thinks mm-hmm. like if they're top four and they get into the playoffs, like he'll be able to just have a better playoffs and like and take them there. And I think they have good management too. I think it's yep. a good relationship with Daryl. And even if the Harden thing doesn't work out, they still have some younger players so they're they're not i just don't think they're going to be bad enough by that point the the scenario is harden leaves and they take a step back that clearly looks like it's because harden left and maxi isn't Mm. quite ready for that bigger role and he says man we took our shot and now it's time yeah it's possible it definitely is possible um and now anybody else that you really consider i'm gonna go with trey as my as my pick here now you have me debating between Kyrie and donovan mitchell what what is the bar here is it the 2025 offseason or like this point like leading into the 2025 playoffs no by by the 2025 like at so it's two years from now so after the 2025 okay so so it's gonna be before donovan mitchell's free agency yeah yeah okay so i i gotta okay i guess i was thinking at the end of the 2025 offseason so i'm gonna change my answer here to uh Kyrie irving yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, maybe I should have. <laughs> but I am sticking with what I said. That every single yeah, player, yeah. I'm putting above fifty percent to stay with their current team. Yeah. Okay. So, so star most likely to remain on the same team. I'm going to go with Stephen Curry. Yep, that was uh, also my choice. My other top candidates were Nikola Jokic, Giannis, and uh, Paolo Bencaro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyone who's still going to be on their rookie contract is probably a pretty pretty safe bet. Obviously, uh, I had a ton of plausible candidates when I say I think every star is likely to. But yeah yeah uh coach most likely to be in the same job in 2025 i've got quinn snyder 
uh last in last out huh yeah i guess he did just sign a pretty big deal too i think it's a five-year deal we could run over some other candidates here too i i also had um, yeah. Mark Dagnall. um i think he's a good coach the thunder are rising uh rick carlisle seems to have a lot of job security in indiana another team that uh, very well should be rising will hardy similar situation with the jazz where seems like a good coach team rising uh mike brown's buying himself a lot of goodwill though there's the slightest slightest concern about uh king's ownership uh going off the deep end and also a slight you know, slightest concern slight <laughs> and, and all, uh, i'm trying to give some credit here I, and also the idea that maybe he's setting expectations too high this year yeah that we we have seen that happen on occasion i mean isn't eric spolstra the most obvious so I, he didn't quite crack my list only because he's been there so long and i just i feel like we see burnout there were those rumors about portland um i'm not expecting that he I don't know how much I bite into those, bought into those, but just in terms of the very most likely to stay, I feel like when it's a coach who's been there that long, there's just enough of a chance of burnout where I, I can find somebody else I believe in more. Yeah, he is. He does have like a little bit of that kind of like Miami Heat insanity thing. But well, but here's the thing though, I think too, is that once Pat Riley finally takes a, a step back, and I mean, I, I'm sure he's done that to some degree already, but like they're just, I mean, maybe he would like move into Riley's role or something, maybe pull up Brad Steve or something like maybe that's possible no, i sure. mean I, like there's i think there's no way they would ever move on from him no no right no, no. this at the same time you know yeah, yeah no no my, my my fears are all more of him stepping down than him getting fired yeah yeah this actually is like not that great of a category maybe we won't do that one next year <laughs> I, was, I was like there's just too many candidates it's, although maybe that's what makes this interesting uh okay last thing here well, is well do you want, i guess so, yeah do you want to make a yeah, pick who's on your that? picks oh sorry Mine's quinn snyder quinn snyder okay yeah yeah sorry i thought you said that already um did you make a pick yes yeah, well i was oh, is your pick okay great yeah and then we have two categories left uh player yeah. who declined the most uh from this point i've got lebron uh obviously you want to pick somebody good climbing from a higher point he's going to be older be his what age 40 season uh but there are plenty of other old players who are having really good years who it could be yeah i'm gonna try to just make it interesting here and pick someone who we're just gonna like not feel as good about in a few years and i'm gonna go with demontis savonis oh oh they're gonna get you they are gonna get you uh who is who is they <laughs> you know who they are the king's fans <laughs> demandus about us what a wow you are just leading into it i love it I well love it's it. really it's more it's more just that like i think he's probably gonna make third team all nba this year mm-hmm. and i think the kings will gonna have a little bit of flash in the pan to them this year and it'll just kind of be like you know they'll be more kind of still hovering in around 500 or like you know in the play-in mix or maybe like seventh seed eighth seed missing the playoffs some years and that he just will be kind of back at the stature he was considered to be before he got traded up. Oh, he's his age 26 season he's a he's a good player i i yeah i can't get there uh the other guys i i strongly consider jimmy butler james harden Kawhi leonard drew holiday demar Derozan. uh maybe chris paul looks good enough in the playoffs this year where he could drop from high enough height he's what he's been doing yeah. in the regular season i, I guess i just enough. wanted to make it more interesting than yeah like just picking who's a bunch an of old guys guy in the 30s you know yeah yeah um yeah uh, and then our last sorry sorry 
<laughs> our last category is defensive player of the year and just some numbers uh before we give our picks in the last 10 years the average age of a defensive player of the year is 26 slightly younger than the average age of an all nba player if you remember from part one which was 27 but the oldest defensive player of the year was 28 now that might change with brooke lopez this year um, but that definitely made me skew younger than i initially planned yeah i i didn't go quite into that level of averaging but that was one reason i was very much against the gobert trade of just mm-hmm. like how many guys who are 32 33 which is like you know when anthony edwards and presumably would be coming into his prime are really playing at a defense play of the year type of level Draymond green has has been fantastic the last mm-hmm. couple of years like he's been close to that at around that age but it is very rare as you noted so i think probably gonna go jaron same yeah, I mean, he's playing phenomenal defense right now. Uh, he's got room to improve, especially with his fouling. He's young enough. Yeah. Uh, he was my choice. But there, there were some other candidates. Uh, Evan Mobley, Bam Adebayo, Nick Claxton. Mobley would probably be my number two. Yep, he was mine. Um, well, and for, we got to get uh, Walker Kessler in there, too, as possible. Sure, sure. Um, this is a little young for him. He's a very good shot blocker. Um, good defensive player overall. I, I feel like his shot blocking is ahead of his overall defense. Um, sure. But, yeah. Um, I, I do want to throw one thing out there with defensive player okay. of the year we named all bigs and we are in agreement that the way the nba works right now bigs have a higher defensive impact it's more likely a big deserves defensive player of the year i am seeing this year that i don't think that is as true as it was a couple years ago i think that's becoming less true. even somebody as good as brooke lopez i feel like i see more times this year where he is exploited where where their teams are doing some of the things that we see more often in the playoffs that teams are becoming more adept at doing it in the regular season that uh wing defense perimeter defense switchability those things seem to matter more than they used to and i'm wondering if you think it could continue on in that trend where maybe even you and i how we look at the game now might feel like it's more likely that a a a wing deserves defensive player of the year in two years and so i I put down on my list og ananobi herb jones dyson daniels mikhail bridges um I think that's more possible. I don't know if you're seeing that the same way. What do you think? Uh, I I think maybe that you might be at the point where it's not a pure rim protector, like a, a pure like drop coverage type. Uh, your Gobert, who, who his mobility was underrated in his prime, or, or your Lopez. Mm-hmm. That I think it does say something that Draymond Green, Jaron Jackson, Giannis, Evan Mobley, those type of guys that you might say those are the uh, Anthony Davis in his prime that those are the best guys but i don't think that's a huge departure for me in the last three or four years like i want rim protection like if you don't provide significant rim protection i still don't believe that you can have the best defensive impact like you know if you're an og or a marcus smart and you can be made to be very valuable in a switching system but there's only so much a perimeter player can do as a conventional defender trying to get over screens in this day and age uh because there's a lot of screens yeah <laughs> uh and you can set them illegally and and all that so i i think to yeah the drop coverage center and, and i also think that still that player is extremely valuable in the regular season just because there are just a lot of teams that can't beat that uh getting the rim taken away like that uh then, all right we done here i just want to mention a few older players i had in consideration oh, yeah. uh 
Giannis, Gobert, Joel Embiid, maybe even Anthony Davis. Um, I also had uh, Robert Williams and Marcus Smart on my list for what that's worth. The older players, I just, the way this award trends, I just felt like you couldn't predict them. Yeah, Rob, I just, uh, his doesn't have that much versatility, and I'm just mm-hmm. worried about his health uh, yep. enough that I couldn't really have him in consideration. Um, all right, well, thanks for joining us there, Dan. This was fun. And uh, we'll be back all week here with uh, much more on Dunked On and Dunked On Prime. Talk soon. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.